Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. So, y'all ready for the Word of God? Right, let's have a good time here for just a few moments. If you have your Bibles, or if you want to look on the screen, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And if you can with me, let's put our hands together and just give some love to our praise and worship team. Amen. It's like 92 degrees outside and like 91 in here, but hey, uh, praising the Lord hard today, so thank you for that. I want to start at verse 8. Actually, you know, before I get into this, let's have just fun for a moment. Can we have a little fun? I've got all the kids are in the room today. CIA is in the room today. Hey, hey, CIA. So they're in the room today, and, uh, and if you know anything about children, we've got to keep them entertained. And if you know anything about this generation of adults, some of them you have to keep entertained. And so I understand that we are embarking on a day that as a nation we recognize and that many celebrate it as a day of freedom. And I'm not ignorant to the fact that even while we were declaring our freedom, there were still many who weren't free. But I want to thank God that today in 2019 for the freedom that this nation has declared that we live in, and that more than anything, the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. So uh, what I'd like to do is I'd actually like to use probably one of the greatest captains ever, Captain Steve Rogers, just to kind of just kind of speak to just from Captain, Captain America. You know what I'm talking about, Captain America. Just kind of uh, to celebrate the fact that this is uh, our day of freedom. And, and, and if anything, he, he, Captain Rogers reminds me of how God comes after us. We got that little clip there, Kayla? Yes. That's how my Jesus comes after me, somebody. Come on. Thank you, Captain Rogers. <laughs> All right, let's get to the word. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul is writing here to the Corinthian church, and he says in verse 8, he says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Here it is. We were under great pressure. Let your neighbor say, are you under pressure? Under pressure. Paul speaks this. He says, we were under great pressure. Here he actually goes on to speak about this. It was far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Talk about great pressure. They despaired even for their very lives. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. On a scale of one to ten, one being no pressure, ten being I'm crushed. How would, how would you identify yourself today on a scale of one to ten? How much pressure are you under? 
Some of you teenagers, you got no pressure whatsoever. Come on. That's why you're getting up at 1 o'clock every day. You've got no pressure. And others of us are feeling the constant pressure from mom and dad to get up and get a job. Come on, somebody. That, that, that constant pressure. See, all of us, we feel this all the time. We all are under some kind of pressure. Under pressure to get married. Come on, Jazzy. Under, under pressure. Yeah. Uh, under, un, under pressure to stay married. Come on, somebody. Uh, under pressure at work. Uh, under pressure with the college that, that I'm, I'm getting ready to attend, under pressure from family members, under pressure from employers, under pressure from, from the problem and situations around me, we all feel all types of pressure. The pressure to please, the, the pressure to not disappoint, the, 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 the pressure to, to show up at everything, the, the pressure to not give up. We all feel all kinds of pressure that we are under at any given day. And can I tell you that pressure has caused some to take their own lives. Pressure has led some people to, to walk away from a marriage that they were a part of for years. Pressure has caused many pastors to say, I'm done. I can't take this anymore. Let me go, let me go sell cars. That, that, that'll be easier than have to deal with this. We've all been under Pressure. In fact, some of you are feeling it right now in, in this organ called your heart. You're under so much pressure that it is manifesting in different kind of heart conditions, even as you're sitting there now. Pressure that we are under. And then we get some well-meaning but ignorant Christian that comes to us and says, don't worry. God will never give you more than you can handle. Has anyone ever, ever felt that feels more like a taunt than encouragement? God will never give you more than you can handle. So what you're basically telling me is, is that God's going to allow so much pressure to come into my life. He's going to mess me up so much, but only to just the point before I finally break. That's what God is doing to me? Okay. Thank you for your unencouragement. For my life. We will tell people these kind of things and we will quote them like it's scripture. God will never give you more than you can handle. The problem is when I get into a situation where I can't handle it and I'm then told I'm supposed to be able to handle this. Can I tell you what we're actually doing? We're actually misquoting the scripture. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It actually, it reads like this. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Look at the verse so we are clear. Paul is not talking about, temp uh, about suffering. He's talking about temptation. This is, this is where God is going to show up. 
When the temptation comes to sin, God is going to show up in such a way he will give us the choice. I can engage in the sin or I can escape the sin. God is going to make sure that I have a way of escape when it comes to temptation. I'm thankful to know that when temptation presents itself, I can resist that temptation and say I will not give in. But here's the thing. Even in those moments when I cannot find the strength to resist, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. So when temptation presents itself, God is going to make sure you got to hear me because too many of you justify the sin you keep falling in day in and day out, week in and week out. You've justified it. You found a way to say it's a part of who I am, but God is faithful. When temptation presents itself, he's going to make sure there's a way of escape and I can run from this thing. But when I don't have the strength to resist, Jesus Christ will be my strength and he will pull me out of it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm thankful to know that when I'm not strong enough, when I pray three times, Lord, take this thorn from my flesh, he tells me my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Can I get anybody just to take a moment and testify and say, yes, I know. In those moments when I'm the weakest, that's when his strength has been perfected in my life. Come on and give God a praise for that today. So let me give you, let me give you four what I call pressure points. Okay. Four pressure points, if you will. Okay. That you can point back at your pressure and say this. Number one. I've been here before. I've been here before. In fact, back in verse 10, Paul said, he has delivered us from death, from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. You know what Satan is always trying to do? He's always trying to, always trying to wipe your memory of the faithfulness of God in your life. Satan is always trying to get you to forget what God has already done for you. I'm reminded of what King Saul said to David one time when he said, that you're not big enough, you're not strong enough to take out this giant Goliath. You know what David did? He didn't listen to what Saul was saying. He said, the same God who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the same God who delivered me out of the paw of the bear is going to be the same God that will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He's done it before. He will do it again. So when pressure comes on your life and you feel like giving up, you just point back at that pressure and you simply say, I have been here before. The situation may be different, but my God remains the same. I I've been here before. And instead of letting Satan wipe your memory of what God has already done, be like, yo, hey, Satan, I still remember the last time you told me that I wouldn't make it through. And guess what? I made it through. Second thing, when pressure comes, second pressure point, you might want to give back. You need to tell that pressure, I'm not alone. I am not alone. Verse 11, as you help us by your prayers, I am not alone. If Satan can't get you to, to forget what God has done, here's what Satan will try to do. Listen to me. Listen to me. Satan will try to get you isolated. 
isolated in your pain, isolated in your sin, isolated in your loneliness, isolated in your problems. Satan will try to get you to pull away from the rest of the pack and get isolated. Do you know why? Because the pressure is always heavier when you carry it alone. Where's my brother Dylan at? Come here, Dylan. Dill's been working out. Come on, Dill. Sun's out, guns out. Come on, baby, show that off. <laughs> Dill, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask something of you because I know, I know you've been working out, working hard. Our problems in life, our, our situations in life, can feel heavy many times. And most of us think that I can do this, I, I can carry this, I can, I can handle this. But can I, can I tell you what your problems and your pressure and your pain are actually like? It's like, come here, it's like lifting up Reverend Rocky in this chair. You got this, my guy? You ready? You ready? All right, let's, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Okay, 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 not bad, not bad, not bad. How long do you think you can hold that for? Not long. What are you carrying that feels as heavy as Reverend Rocky? And how long are you going to try to hold it on your own? Somebody hear me in your spirit here today. This is why the Bible makes it very clear. I'm not meant to do this on my own. Scripture actually says in Galatians chapter 6, to bear one another's burdens. See, here's, I think, the problem that we've got with church here today. The American church basically makes us believe that I have to do it on my own, that I can't let them know what my problems really are, that I can't let anybody really know how bad I've been struggling, that if I ever confess what I really did last night, they're going to shun me, reject me, want nothing to do with me. But that is not what God had designed the church to be. This is, we are not isolated, separated islands unto ourselves. God wants you to recognize there are burdens you have to carry. And according to the word of God, if I'm going to fulfill the law of Christ, I'm going to need some help, if you will, to get around my burdens. I'm going to need some strong men, if you will, to, set, to help. I'm going to need some men of God, some brothers in Christ who won't, who won't look at me and shun me and mock me and forget about me but say I see the burden you've got to carry and you can't do this on your own brother so let me get around you let me help you let me support you let me help lift the weight of your burden you don't have to do this on your own hey you can sit him down my guy And you know what Pastor Warner taught me? Pastor Warner taught me this. When I can't find a Christian to give a crap, he didn't say it like that, but it's what he taught me. He taught me that Jesus said, come unto me, all who are weary, who are heavy laden, Matthew eleven twenty eight, and I will give you rest. How many people have been carrying a burden? How many people carry the burden? Here's what I want you to say. I'm not alone. Come on, say, I'm not alone. Speak to that thing. I'm not alone. I've got brothers around me. I've got sisters around me. I've got godly people around me. And when I can't find one of them to sit on the phone and pray with me, I can turn to Jesus because he keeps telling me to come and I will give you rest. Third thing I want to give you. 
when the pressure comes, I can point back at the pressure and actually say this, you know what? I'm better under pressure. Oh, y'all don't know. Pastor Olga has put me under all sorts of pressure. And I realize I'm at my best when that woman is pushing my buttons. Woo, hallelujah. I feel I'm better under pressure. Think about it. Some things can only be produced by pressure. Your pressure cooker. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I want some chicken. I don't want to wait an hour and a half till it gets done. Let me get that pressure cooking going. And the pressure that is trapped inside, the steam that is trapped inside is going to permeate that chicken. In 15 minutes, I can have dinner. Hallelujah. Something can only be produced under pressure. The diamond that is sitting on your, on your ring finger. Produced under heat and intense pressure. My God, a tornado. High, hot air. The cooler, low winds. Coming together in such speed, producing what we call a tornado. I got some, uh, I, got, I, I need some help from some, from some kids for just a moment. Can anybody see what this is? Anybody see what this is? That is a popcorn kernel. Come on, somebody. This is a corn kernel. Oh, young people in the house here today. You don't realize, my grandfather used to make popcorn in front of me. These little kernels themselves are, are, they will make you choke. But put under intense heat and intense pressure and to the glory of God, like manna from heaven, all of a sudden, something is produced that is the greatest, saltiest, most of I, do I got the young people that just want a little popcorn to eat in church here today. Somebody come and get this right here, because I'm telling you, it takes intense pressure. It takes intense pressure, intense pressure to produce something called popcorn. One more illustration. I got, one more, I got one more illustration for you. One more. You take this, you take this utensil right here. Now, you need to understand how this works. This is nothing more than plastic and water. That's all it is. In fact, the trigger doesn't even work. The way these new things work, it's something called pressure. No pressure? No power. Little pressure? Little power. What are we at? SeaWorld here? Good luck. Let's go down. Big pressure. Big power. Come on, somebody. You've got to understand how life actually works. God, why am I under this? What is going on? Why is this happening to me? Oh, God, you've got something greater for my life. Something bigger for my life. Something intense got to come from my life. I see this thing coming at me, but it's not greater than what? 
You got to let the enemy know, I don't care how you come at me. I don't care how you come against me. You are not greater than what is on the inside of me. First John chapter 4, verse 4. Little children, you are of God. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm better under pressure. I'm having too much fun. (laughs) Pressure points. I'm not alone. Pressure points. You point right back at your pressure. You tell it. I'm better under this pressure. Pressure points. Last one I want to give you. And you'll feel this way many times. But I know for a fact that God does give me more than I can handle. God does give me more than I can handle. But God has never given me anything that is more than he can handle. Never. 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 Again, Paul says this in verse 9. He says, indeed, we have felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. Relying on God. He has never, can I find a witness, never give me more than he can handle. Anybody just testify for just a moment. The things you've experienced, the things you've seen, the pressure you've been under. It's been too much for me many times, but it's never been more than he can handle. I love how the psalmist said this in Psalms 30. He said, hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me, O Lord. Be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, somebody help me. I will give thanks to you forever. The more stress I'm under, the more I need to release the pressure. The more my heart is heavy, the more trouble that I face, the more problems that surround me, I need to turn my face to God and begin to cry out. The greater my pressure, the scriptures say, the greater the need for me to lift my voice, lift my hands, and give God the praise. Understand, your enemy is always busy pointing out everything that you are not. Satan is always pointing out everything that you are not. That's why I lift my hands and point to a God that is. Just for a moment, all over this room, if you know him as Savior, lift your hands. If you know him as healer, lift your hands. If you know him as friend, lift your hands. If you know him as comforter, lift your hands. If you know him as your present help, lift your hands. If you know him as the hope, the joy, the strength, the song of your life, just lift your hands for just a moment. Satan may be constantly telling you everything you're not, so you just lift up your hands like the psalmist said and just give God praise forever for who he is. I may not be, but God, you are.
You are. You are. And I praise you today for all that you are. Hallelujah. Just your hands raised just for a moment longer. Kayla, give me those last couple of verses. I want you to read this with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the first part of those verses we read at the beginning. Here's what Paul says. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with this comfort through Jesus Christ. Come on, let's just give God praise for who he is, for what he's done, for all we have through Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, we say thank you today. Thank you that when we are under pressure, there's nothing that is over you. You are greater today. And so, Father, all over this room, I just ask that you would get this into people's hearts. When pressure comes, remind them today, Lord, remind them. They've been here before, and you've delivered them before. Remind them that they're not alone. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. God, remind men and women here today that when they are under pressure, they can actually be better under that pressure. More pressure can mean more power in their life. And lastly, Lord, ultimately, when we feel like you've given us more than we can handle, may we never forget nothing, nothing is impossible for our God. And there's nothing you can't handle, Lord. Help us recognize that right now and realize that right now. In Jesus' mighty name, Here's what I've learned in my life about pressure that I've been under, pressure that I even feel now in these moments. When I can't find a way out, God is always finding a way in. And I believe this is what he wants to do for men and women in this room right now. If you've been under any kind of pressure whatsoever and it's gotten too heavy for you to carry and you need a little help today, if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet just for a moment all over this room. See, yep, it's gotten too much for me to carry. That's good. Yeah, amen. Amen. Stand your feet. No shame here. I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you today. Amen. My God. My God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you see someone standing next to you, they're standing right now because they've said the pressure has gotten too great. I can't really carry it anymore. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, would you be so willing to fulfill the law of Christ and stand with them? If you see somebody standing near you, I'm going to ask you to surround them right now. Just surround them right now. Surround them. That's all right. Wherever they are, surround them right now. Surround them. Amen. Amen. In fact, just to help us identify, if that was you, if you just stood up, if you would just raise your hand to heaven just for a moment, just so we know. Keep your hand raised because we want to get around you. You're not alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Make sure every brother and sister in this room is not standing alone. Some of you have carried these things for so long. You don't know life without this pressure. You don't, you don't know life without this burden. I get it. But God's got a better life for you. The thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
is what he's here to do. He's here to help you, to lift these burdens off you, to put others around you to help carry. If your hands are still raised, before I pray over you right now, there's one more verse I want you to know. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, to cast all of your cares, all of your burdens, all of your worries, cast it all on the Lord because he cares for you. This is what we're getting ready to do right now. Heavenly Father, all over this room, men and women have stood up and they're raising their hands now because they felt intense pressure. Things that were too much for them to bear, too much for them to carry, too much for them to even understand. But yet you are the God who loves us and you are the God who undergirds us and you are the God who upholds us and you are the God who not only lifts things off our lives, but you lift us up to heavenly places. Scriptures tell us today, that we are not seated in a place of misery. We're not seated in a place of shame. We're not seated in a place of pressure. Scripture says we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places if we belong to Jesus. So right now, all over this room, give that burden to the Lord. Give it to him now. Some of you have been carrying it for years. Give it to him now. Release it into his mighty hands now. And know that God loves you so much He's not only going to lift your burden, he's going to put brothers and sisters around you who will remind you to keep giving it to God. Surrender it to God. Don't pick it up again. You don't need it. God is greater. God is able. God is for you. If God be for me, who can be against me? Right now, Lord, I thank you that you are with us in the pressure. You find us and you make a way in the midst of the pressure. In fact, I declare right now, some of you are going to just come out like three Hebrew boys, thrown in the fiery furnace, thrown in the pressure. But someone, a fourth son, is going to show up in the flames with you, the Son of God himself. And you're going to come out of this furnace. You're going to come out of this heat. You're going to come out of this pressure. And you won't even smell like the smoke that was around you. And God will get the glory for what he's brought you out of. Thank you, Lord, today for lifting pressure all over this room. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe you're no longer under pressure, but God is lifting the pressure, come on, just give him praise for just a moment now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If I can have everyone that is, everyone just stand your feet for just a moment. We're getting ready to transition here in just a moment. Everyone stand your feet. In just a moment, we are going to baptize, amen, our family members in this house. But before we we get to water baptism, I want you to know why Jesus came. Much like Captain Rogers running through walls, windows, and doors, that's the love of God in pursuit of your life. Scripture says he's that shepherd that will leave the 99 sheep to go after that one that is lost. He loves you that much. And I need you to know this here today, that no matter where you are in relationship to God, whether you believe in him or not, whether you're close to him or not, he wants to be close to you. He wants to be a father to you. He wants to pour his love and his blessings and his provision on your life. It's who he is. He can't help it. 
He's a good father. The point is just simply this. Just like when temptation comes, God will make the way of escape. Today, he's presenting a choice to you. You can leave this place the way you came in. You can leave religious. You can leave an atheist. You can leave still bound up by your sin. Or, as we celebrate Independence Day, you can leave this place free from sin, free from your past, free from your struggles, free from who you once were. This is the love of God. The Bible tells us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty, and the Spirit of the Lord is in this place today. Some point you're going to come to your senses and, and say, like the prodigal son, I had it better at my father's house than this pig pen that I'm now living in. That's all your sin is. No matter how long you want to hang on to it, all it is is a pig pen. And it will give you nothing more than temporary fulfillment. But God has eternal love, eternal grace, eternal power. And he wants to give it to you today. So all over this room, you get the choice. If you want to be in right standing with God the Father, you can today. He's done all the work through Jesus Christ, his son. It's already done. All you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you will be saved. So everyone who will, because I need this to be a safe place. Impact Church needs to be a safe place. We're not a religious church. We are a church that has a relationship with the Most High God. And we're not here to judge you. We're not here to condemn you. If you were doing something completely stupid and foolish and evil last night, that was last night. Today's a new day. And His mercies are new every morning. And listen to me. God in His love and His grace wants to pull you out of that once and for all. He's got better for you. So no matter what happened last night, I'm not here to judge you. What, no matter what you've been doing in 2019, I'm not here to look down my nose at you. I'm here to help you see a God who loves you and wants to elevate you out of your mess. If that's what you want here today, then just lift your eyes to heaven and say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins, all of my wrongdoing, all of my past. Forgive me completely. I choose you today to follow you, to live for you, to know you. I believe Jesus came to earth and died on a cross for all of my sins. I believe he was buried and rose again. And I believe he is seated at the right hand of the Father, praying for me, making intercession for me, believing in me. And he is ready to receive me. So, Father, thank you for your love. I believe these things, and I pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you believe what you said right now, the angels in heaven rejoice when a sinner comes to the Father. Praise God. Now, I know it's warm in here. It's hot, and it's about to get warmer. Here at Impact Church, we believe in celebration. We like to, I mean, I'm not just loud for no reason, okay? We like to celebrate. If you know anything about the God of the Bible, he's a God who loves celebration. Like we just did, when a sinner comes to repentance, the angels in heaven rejoice. 
in the Old Testament, God threw, made sure that Israel threw seven big parties every year. Here's how we see baptism. We see it as the crossing over from death unto life. Literally like Jesus, we are buried, dead and buried, and then raised to new life, according to Romans 6. So here's what we like to do. Just like when baby Ian was born, my nephew was born. When a baby is born, you don't sit there quiet and mum and... You celebrate new life. That's what you do. That's what you do. So because of that, because of that, we like to celebrate the fact that we were once dead in our sins, but now we are alive in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus did the work. We are saved because of his work on the cross. Water baptism is that outward recognition to the world of the inward transformation that God has brought to my life. So there are men and women here today that are getting ready to get baptized. And some of you, maybe you've been thinking about this today. You're not even sure. I don't know if I'm dressed for it, Pastor. But today is probably your day as well to let the world know you follow Jesus. And we will baptize you as well or I'll pull out that water gun and get you wet. But at this time, I'm going to ask Pastor Olga to join me on the stage. And we're going to invite up and then pray over our brothers and sisters who are getting baptized today. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.